Hey SEOs and content marketers, say goodbye to crazy spreadsheet mashups and experience unprecedented connectivity between your SEO planning and reporting data. Introducing Audience Key, technology for keyword mapping, content brief automation, and rank tracking that form an SEO strategy system providing unparalleled feedback loops between planning, reporting, and optimization activities. Put your time and energy into strategy, not data upkeep. Visit audiencekey.com and apply for a free trial today. Welcome to Webcology here on WMR.FM. It's the 2nd of November, 2023. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Christine Schackinger from Sites Without Walls. And this week, we'd have been talking about artificial intelligence. We'd be talking about Google. We'd be talking about uh, machine learning uh, uh, being used to uh, confirm how helpful or not helpful the page is. A whole bunch of stuff we'd be talking about, but... Something kind of came up. An article was published in The Verge uh, yesterday on November 1st, 2023 by um, Amanda Chicago Lewis. Um, and it was an indictment of SEO it, in many, many ways. Um, it, it, it called us the people who ruined the internet. Christine, you've had a uh, lengthy reply that I think a lot of people really, really resonate with a lot of people, except it didn't resonate with editor-in-chief uh, Nile Patel, who cut the, uh, who cut your, 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 your comment, which, which they had initially published. Well, what was that? What, what, what happened there? <laughs> well, to be fair, it was the moderators. I don't know that he had anything to say about it, but uh, apparently, and I have posted a Medium article on this. You can find it on my LinkedIn. I linked to it. Um, showing the comment and showing that what they said, but apparently I violated community guidelines by complaining about click, click, it being clickbait or that it isn't journalism. And they understand that no matter how well written or well meaning that comment, it was not putting my best for, foot forward uh, on what I want, want to say. So um, reposting it would not get them in, get me into their good graces. Actually, I only reposted it because it disappeared in front of my face and they didn't tell me they deleted it so i just thought something happened well you know <laughs> i think it's a good thing that you actually co-host a uh, very well listened to web marketing podcast that likely has a higher listenership per episode than the vast majority of verge articles what exactly <laughs> did you say in your reply uh you know it's a little long to read people can find it on linkedin or medium but generally basically what i was doing was saying that uh, if you haven't if for people who haven't read the article um, the article is quite derogatory about SEOs, the industry, but using um, several people that were actually like, don't even do this anymore. And, and, uh, and going back to like the early 2000s to trash what SEOs do, even though mostly what they're talking about is affiliate marketing, which does use SEO, but it's a bit different than regular traditional SEO. And SEO has matured a lot. You know, we basically work for corporations and companies and we're not making millions of dollars off of uh, porn pharmaceuticals or casinos, which is what the original joke was about the hardest things to rank in were the PPC of search. So. They, they had not kind things to say about Danny Sullivan, particularly. Danny Sullivan has written a response uh, for people who want to find it. I listed uh, his response in my uh, Median article. <laughs> and um, basically, it was it was just a 
it was like the and I don't know this for sure because I haven't talked to the journalist, but it was like she had an agenda before she went into the article. And then she just tried to meet it because she was trying to get to the idea that Google's worse now. But for those that don't know, the title of the article is The People Who Ruined the Internet. That is the title of the article. And uh, as the public begins to believe Google isn't as useful anymore, what happens to the cottage industry of search engine optimization experts who struck content oil and smeared it all over the web? Well, they, fi they find a new way to get rich and they keep the party going. <laughs> now the part the, the party that she's referring to is this like the infamous alligator party she writes about like in the next couple of paragraphs i think in general she's talking about um you know just the money that was involved way back then although some people still make it like gaming and stuff but it's not as common and uh, yeah there was supposedly a rooftop alligator party if you're seeing these memes go around and wonder why um that had that had an alligator at it <laughs> with its mouth taped and it was apparently a fairly small event uh a couple of the people she mentioned i've never heard of and nobody i know of has heard of so i'm not sure uh what event it was i have heard it was an affiliate marketing event not a regular oh. like seo conference event although one of the people she did mention we've all heard of um he's yes. actually the owner of this network um se guru darren babin um former former host of um the seo rock stars um he was at this party and he's quoted uh, quite liberally in the uh in the article and she was very nice about darren so although uh, although he's he is kind of painted as a bad guy but a really charming bad guy yeah yeah i mean she did call them pirates so so apparently <laughs> SEOs are pirates Darren did a own a sailboat once he that did. is true he, he owned did. a sailboat and once he did yep. and darren definitely was in the early days where i think a lot of seo now sprung out of affiliate marketing back then but you know I walked into a bar once at a conference in 2000, I think it was five or six uh, at a conference. I walk in and I order a drink and they say, oh, it's paid for. And I don't know anybody yet. This is when I had first met you, like around that time and first getting into surf. So I knew very few people. And I said, who would pay for my drink? And they pointed at this guy and I said, oh, what? OK, thank you. And I went over to talk to him. And apparently he bought drinks for every single person who walked into the bar. It was an SEO event. And uh, and it was Frank Watson. Oh. And, yeah, and uh, that's how I met Frank Watson was I went over and thanked him for the drink. So in the early days, there were a lot of people, SEO, like traditional SEO now, a lot of it sprang out of the affiliate marketing then, where people could make a lot of money off of exploiting the search engines. Although, laws. again, 100%, Frank was making his money on Forex, foreign exchange at that time. Oh, okay. he, was, okay. he was making money as an SEO, but he was facilitating Forex. Okay, I didn't know that, but but generally speaking, like there are a lot of those times, you know, times you go somewhere and like people throw entire events out of their pocket, probably for a good tax write-up. But it was easy back then, and Google didn't even like start writing these rules until when, when was the Florida update, the first big uh, two, yeah, was, November two thousand three. Yeah, so these people were like late nineties, early two thousands, and basically all they were doing is getting their websites to rank well and making money off of the people that would pay them to get traffic to them. So and it's not like it was quick, a bad thing. A quick note about that time. For the most part, there was no Google. It didn't exist. No. Um, there were rules Google, Google comes then. on the scene in uh, 2000, 2001, and it really comes on the scene in 2001. But before that, we had AltaVista. We had Lycos. We had um, Yahoo. InfoSeek. Yahoo. 
we had the directory yeah. structure of Yahoo, which itself wasn't actually a search engine. It was a web directory, but it searched through its directory index and in its own way found uh, it didn't it didn't crawl the web. You fed Yahoo. Um, that was before it had its own crawler. This is again yeah. back before the turn of the century, so a very long time ago. <laughs> and long that's time ago. the examples that Ms. Chicago was bringing up in her article. Um, yeah. When or Ms. Chicago Lewis, I should say, brings up in her articles, which is often kind of cool. And I got to admit, this is a really, really, really well written article. Like the very writing well is excellent. Very long, but you're entertained all the way through. Too bad, just so much of it is just not true. Accurate. Not true. Yes, I think, and I think you're right. She feels like she had an agenda going in, and then she wrote the article to fit the agenda. Um, the way she, the, the 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 one who gets off worst here, who gets by far the worst treatment, and it's really, really unfair, is uh, Darren. Is, is uh, Danny? Danny Sullivan. Yeah, it wasn't fair. Danny, who. For people who haven't met him, can be prickly. He he really can. He does not like suffering fools. He never has. I remember Danny from the very very early days when 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 I first met him, a wonderful, welcoming, really cool person. But he was always busy, and everybody wanted a piece of him all the time, and he just didn't suffer fools gladly. Why should he? Um, honest to goodness, why should he? He's writing about and popularizing the most cutting edge thing at the time, something that can sort the chaos of the internet and do it really effectively. Um, he moved on to Google after after yeah. starting Search Engine Watch, which was oh, Search Engine the, Land. No, oh, yeah, no, you're right. Search Engine right. Watch. Right. Right. Yeah, right. And that was the predecessor of everything. That was that is the granddaddy publication. I mean, I'm glad that she notes Barry Swartz and the uh, trade rag search engine roundtable. I know she called for anyone who doesn't anyone wants to get the entire gist of this article in one sentence. Calling Barry Swartz trade rags as search engine roundtable trade rag. Like rag. Um, Barry actually has contacts at Google that he gets. Well, and also Search Engine from. Roundtable is is really, really is one of the most visited websites, regularly visited websites on the internet today, bar none. Yes, because because Barry doesn't put opinion in it. He just writes the fact. Well, he puts a little opinion, but he writes the facts. He gets it confirmed. He won't write about it if he can't get it confirmed. He'll say, I can't confirm the shit. And then he posts it and he posts many articles a day. So to call it a trade rag is just just to give you the entire feeling of this entire article, if you don't want to read the 8,000 words that are in there. Uh, she so did she, he was prolific. She did, <laughs> she did say he was prolific, talking. and that is correct. That is factual. He is prolific. <laughs> but she, so she this is like, to give you an idea of like how she wrote about Danny, she said that uh, most of all, Sullivan is pissed that people think Google results have gone downhill. And then she's like, Sullivan is mad that the public and the media don't really understand what he considers to be the basic precepts of how search works, leading him to adopt a rather scolding tone online. He's, it's like, this is how she writes about him the whole time. Like, you know, so, so the idea, by the way, the idea that my comment that this is clickbait journalism and, and not really, you know, standing up to journalistic ethics, I thought was pretty mild, <laughs> you know. Um, again, it's a very entertaining read. It's just, unfortunately, a it's just a slam piece. And her 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 real point 
I don't disagree with, which is that Google search has gone downhill, but it's not because of SEOs. We're not the ones who ruin the internet. Oh, by the way, I want to mention real quick, Bill Hartzer, if you're in the industry, is selling t-shirts about being the people that ruin the internet. They're really cute. And $1 of everything you buy will go to Anton Schultz uh, rescue uh, effort for the animals in Ukraine. Indeed, yeah, and we're going we're gonna to mention we're going to mention that a little bit later again. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. It, it's good that, that you got that in in early. We get it in early. We get it in often. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just want to make sure people knew that that was there. So yeah, so the the whole thing is basically the premise is Google search isn't as good as it used to be. I actually agree. We talk about that later. Um, but is it better than it was in two thousand when these people were you know making all this money on the internet? Yeah. Could you exploit it easily back then? Of course, you know, people, but why are we angry at people who exploited the early internet to make money so they didn't have to struggle their whole lives? Like, isn't that called entrepreneurship? Well, another thing I'd I'd, I'd like to point out, um, Google isn't the internet. Google. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The internet is a very big place. The internet is every computer on the earth networked together. The World Wide Web is a program that runs on the internet that lets us exchange uh, websites using the um, TCP IP protocol. That's a part of the World Wide Web, but there are other protocols that allow us to exchange information. File transfer protocol, FTP is an example. That is not, FTP is not the World Wide Web, although it damn well facilitates it. Um, It works on the internet. Yeah, I mean, so, like, one of her comments was uh, talking about, like, search and not understanding that Google's the one that makes the decisions on how it displays stuff. And she says, perhaps this is why everyone hates SEO and the people who do it for a living. The practice seems to have successfully destroyed the illusion that the Internet was ever about anything other than selling stuff. So who winds up with a career in SEO? The stereotype is that a hustler, a content goblin willing to issue. <laughs> I love that content goblin. For, I do. Someone already bought that website. Yeah. <laughs> but a good taste in exchange for eyeballs and mountains of cash. A nihilist in it for the thrills. A prankster gleeful about getting away with something. This is the modern day pirate shit as close as you can get, explained Katie Lee. C-A-D-E. Uh, no one knows who that is yet. Uh, if you are Katie Lee, please contact us so we, we can yeah, talk to you. We want to know who know. you are because we <laughs> exactly. can't find you. No, uh, nobody knows who you are, but apparently you were a big part of this article. Um, so, and then he said, who prepared me over the phone for what to expect in Florida based on oh, going to this conference thing or this party uh, based on a decade of working in SEO. Um, so it, like it said, oh, and what Lee notices at SEO conferences and SEO networking events, there's a certain arrogance. There's definitely an ego among all of them, he told me. You exceed and now you're a genius. You Now you've outdone Google. Like that might be true. That I won't say that there is not that vibe at some affiliate conferences. There can be. But I go to conferences since I started. And my favorite thing about conferences is how open everybody is, how much I get to learn how much I get to share with everybody, how much I share with me, the things I learned from the Black Hat affiliate, Black Hats are the people that violate Google's terms of service, for those who don't know, I'm not terms of service, conditions of like SEO, like they're not doing anything illegal, they just, they get around the algorithms, but, but like, I'm learning from them, like some of the people that learned the most or knew the most back then, because Google told us literally absolutely nothing, unless you got a little nugget from Matt Cutts somewhere along the way, 
um, you learn from them, like Greg Bozer and Oil Man, and you know these guys that were like making this, making these websites back then and making money, real yeah. money. And, and they but, they taught they, you what you needed to know. Yeah, they were wonderfully generous with their time. Wonderfully um, generous. And, and incidentally, uh, Todd Friesen, uh, Oilman, or or Greg Bowser, Web Gorilla, those two especially were 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 mm-hmm. remarkably generous. You 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 could buttonhole them at a conference, and these guys were the lily rays of their time, except bigger. <laughs> um, but they were the jet setters. They were the ones who were. Um, who were traveling all over the world, speaking at conferences, working with the massive corporations, making some very serious money, um, making serious money doing their own stuff too. But um, and I, they, but I took they would, that. They would open themselves right. up and they would give anybody their time, and and that's the spirit of the industry that 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 grew. And incidentally, that's the house that Danny Sullivan built, not the arrogant, um, ego-driven um mad scientist sort of thing that is a fiction yeah because here's here's more of what she writes the more i thought about search engine optimization how a bunch of megalomaniac jerks were degrading our collective sense of reality because they wanted to buy lamborghinis and prove they could vanquish the almighty algorithm which technically constitutes many algorithms but we think of as a single force more i looked forward to going to florida for this alligator party maybe i thought i would get to see someone who made millions clogging the internet with bullshit uh, because of our sensors online, get the ultimate comeuppance. Maybe an SEO professional would get attacked by a gigantic prehistoric-looking reptile right there in front of me. Maybe I could even repackage such a tragedy into a sensationalized anecdote for a viral article about the people who do SEO for a living, strongly implying that nature was here to punish the bad guys while somehow also assuming the ethical high ground and pretending I hadn't been hoping the exact same thing would happen from the start. Because I, I choose Google, I want to, I want, I almost, I want to, I too want reliable and relevant things to come up when I look through the vast compendium of human knowledge, and I too enjoy the sweetest taste of revenge. This is the article. This is the I mean, article. The sad thing is how she just shows her ignorance so thoroughly. Yeah. Lambo- Lambos are so boring. I'll take an Aston Martin any day. <laughs> you know, Good the truth Lord. Is, like I said, affiliate marketing is different. That is, that, that is, I went to several, I, I've talked at several conferences. There is a layer of that there. There's also a layer of just good people doing hard work. But in the SEO industry, you know, right now, I've had talked to five people this week who do regular SEO for companies and corporations who are deeply troubled about if they're going to be able to make their mortgage payment in two months. Yeah. Right. I mean, this industry is not filled with people making millions of dollars every day. Now, there are people that do and people who do affiliate marketing. I wish I had time to learn it because I probably wouldn't have to worry about working again. But I don't use my skills to get a Lamborghini. I drive a 20-year-old Hyundai Sonata because I drive them till they die and it has 222,000 miles on it, right? Because um, I haven't had a payment in 10 years, and that's important not to have that payment. But but I take what I know, and today, after this, I'm going to finish up an audit for somebody who's lost 80% of their traffic. I found what I think is wrong with the site. I'm going to inform them of what that is. I'm going to walk them through how to fix it. And then I'm going to hold their hand while we wait to see if Google rewards them for it. And they get back their business. And my experience in SEO, since I started, and I used to partner with Dave Davies, the old co-host for the show, we spent a lot of time rescuing businesses, rescuing websites. And then how she gets the SEO community so wrong. We had an SEO. Now, a lot of people knew of Dana Lifadu, who's passed away. She was paralyzed. And another SEO offered to go live with her and her husband. They were very good. He offer. He actually did it. 
No, no, I didn't get to that part. Yeah, <laughs> but he offered and then they told him, yes, come and stay with us. He stayed with them to help her. We had another, we've had SEOs who've had mental health issues or financial issues. But the minute we find out, someone puts up a GoFundMe. I even was a recipient of that. I had a cat who needed her third cancer surgery. I couldn't afford it. And one of our wonderful people, uh, I won't say her name just because I don't know if she wants to be mentioned, but because she, she's not an SEO, but she's a wife of one. And she put up a GoFundMe and got me the money to get my cat her surgery. And she lived three more years. So that's the SEO industry. I know. The one where we help each other. The one where we, you know, we give each other information. And the one where I don't have anybody. I mean, there's a couple of people maybe. But who here, have you, have you seen boast about buying a Lamborghini? Like, oh, even, you I know a guy works for okay. Ferrari, Ferrari only brags about getting to drive the ones Ferrari has. <laughs> so, for so, what it's you know, worth. There are different types of conferences and different types yes, of um, Brigadisho at um, different types of events. Hell, there's different levels of Brigadisho depending on what time of what time of evening you're at. Trust me, it gets thicker the later the evening goes. <laughs> and you do get some. And of course you get some, but here's the deal. Most SEOs are working independently. Most SEOs who speak at conferences are either independents or they're running a large corporate team. Either way, it's incredibly stressful, incredibly lonely. And all you really have, because you're selling something invisible, all you really have is this veneer you put in front of yourself that says, I'm the expert. And that veneer can shatter in a moment with, it, with, mm -hmm. with, with, with an unpredicted update or an, an update like Google might have been giving hints about, but you predicted wrong. And that happens. It happens to every SEO. And if it doesn't happen, if you have a long career and it doesn't happen to you, then you're a unicorn. Um, there are two types of SEOs. Those who've been screwed up by an algorithm update and those who are going to get screwed up by an algorithm update. Um, and, and that's okay. That's how, that's how the world goes. It's the best attempt service. We, we don't have a uh, direct conduit to Google or Yahoo, or Bing, or to, to any of the search engines, unless, of course, you're Dwayne Forrester, who was also mentioned in the article. And even Dwayne doesn't, even with Dwayne, there is a um, great wall of China in between what he does now and what the team at Bing lets him in on. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and, and I do a lot of site recovery, so it's a little different for me. But I'm the one who sees what happens when Google updates run. And it's not as simple anymore. It's not like um, originally the updates were meant to stop the spam, which is what people in the early days did. Because, heck, why not? It was the early days of the Internet. You know, no people made money. But Google created algorithms to, to stop the spam. That's how they gained dominance over Yahoo. But, uh, but now it's super complicated. And I have websites where they thought they did everything right and they created good content and they even got like one has a as a golf site and they have an expert golf pro who writes for them right and they do reviews of golf clubs and balls and all that it's, and it's all handwritten legitimate research and you know the expert writes his stuff and they got annihilated by an algorithm they did everything they thought they were supposed to do they did everything they thought google told them to do so my job is to get in there and help them recover this so that they can go on and make money. I mean, this is what um, the guy put together to replace his work when his work went away during the pandemic. 
So a lot of times what I deal with are the results of Google algorithms, and they're not as straightforward as it seems. Oh, you just, you know, you just get hit because you're doing the wrong things. No, a lot of times sites get hit because they didn't know they were doing something wrong. Or there's a hidden, an, another site I'm going to turn over today, they did content optimization, fix their content, put their content gaps, all that, did all that work, nothing happened because they have a huge crawl problem that they didn't know they had. And as a technical SEO, I can find that. But this idea that you and I, you and I, Jim, are like making millions, flooding the internet with junk. You know what I tell all my clients about AI content? Don't do it. Don't do it. Google's going to get smart enough to like not give you value for that content because it's regurgitating what's already out there. And we know part of the HCU speaks to that already. I'm like, get good writers, be different, be interesting, make it creative, make sure you have that human experience. That's what's important. I'm not out there like making millions off of spam in the web now. Do I know people that have that were in affiliate marketing? Sure. I had a friend who had 50,000 websites, you know, for gaming. And what did he do one night by accident, by the way? He accidentally put out the same two links to all 50,000 websites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gee, and if only like, he had an SEO to tell him what's what. Huh? Oh, no, he was an SEO and a hacker and a really good affiliate marketer. He just made a mistake. He was tired. And mm -hmm. he thought he put it out to one of the websites he had control of because he created a WordPress plugin. And the WordPress plugin gave him back doors to all the websites. And it was a super popular WordPress pr pr plugin. And he couldn't, he couldn't disable it anymore because... <laughs> because other people made versions of it and he didn't have access to that part. So anyway, so he, he, he all 50,000 of his websites, these were his websites they had actually purchased, went dead overnight. And he asked me and Dave to contact Matt Cutts. I was like, we can ask, but I don't think he's going to help you. And Matt just wrote back, ha, 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 ha. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, I can't. And, and when you guys done. figured it out, you understood yeah. what Matt meant, right? Yes, yes, exactly. So okay. it's like, yeah, so it's like, Yes, yeah, some people do make a lot of money, but that's also really hard work. You know, people oh. who are really successful at affiliates are not sitting around and, you know, drinking <laughs> beers at alligator parties every night with Lamborghinis. Like affiliate marketing is by tough, the way, tough work. If they if they are sitting around drinking beers um, at alligator parties with Lamborghinis, good for them. Yeah, they've done a lot of work. Like, I mean, honestly, that's the, that's what they want to do. They're living their best lives. Yeah. It ain't up to me or um, other people to judge. Um, if that's what they're doing, heck, I wouldn't do that with my money. But if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Who am I to yeah, judge? You Go, exactly. go live your best life, for goodness sake. If that involves alligators and Lamborghinis, that's kind of weird, but good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but they are doing hard work. Like the one I told you about with the 50,000 sites. He had an affiliate site that ranked number two for Netflix, right? And he's making good bank off of it. Good site, lots of good traffic for Netflix because that was at the time Google got really strict on double double showing sites in search. Mm -hmm. so he got like a 10% or something commission or $10 or something off of a, a subscription. Netflix, Netflix so took him out. Good for him. Well, it's good for Netflix too, right? Because they have two listings now, one and two. And all they're they're getting all the traffic he's sending, mm -hmm. uh, but but Netflix decided they didn't want him to be competing with them, so they took away his affiliate, and so overnight he lost all that all the work he put in to rank number two for Netflix. Holy cow! Um, right, that but, I, I that's affiliate marketing. It's not a be, simple thing. It would also be really cool if uh, Miss Chicago Lewis had kind of mentioned stuff like you. That's the thing about being an entrepreneur and being an entrepreneur and on the uh, 
sort of the wild edge of what is still in many ways the wild west um it could all vanish in in a heartbeat uh as you said a mistake uh somebody made um <laughs> probably the same two links to every one of fifty thousand sites or a shift in an algorithm um and suddenly that can be vanished um a whole business model um just disappears um and that's the risk that entrepreneurs take and so how to say this um as they say high risk high reward nevertheless no amount of spam could break or ruin the internet the internet is i mean it's it's literally got unlimited space maybe it's harder to find exactly what you're looking for if you don't know how to look for it or maybe many people um i have a hard time saying this about amanda chicago lewis because she is a remarkable writer but maybe a lot of people just don't know how to un just don't understand information as well as they used to you well, know how they tell us we have to read between the lines yeah many people are used to being spoon-fed information now they don't know how to read between the lines and so if there's you know maybe there's uh 12 to 15 references to any given topic on a search results page and seven or eight of them are dead accurate and the other ones are kind of tangential but maybe sort of accurate um if you don't know how to decipher information how do you know you know what i mean like like and this is what google's compiling now they're giving people what they want um wow. yeah i remember eric schmidt saying over a decade ago that they wanted to get to the point where they gave you information before you you knew you needed it which is what they're kind of trying to do but i don't think it's so this is where i agree with her i don't think it's made search better i searched last week for and this is just an example of how bad it's been for me lately and it may differ where you live but i uh i put in i was looking for crime stats for my area my apartment complex and so i put in the address and crime stats and i got two pages of apartment rentals in the area no crime stats whatsoever so lately it's been super amped up on like one part of the query and ignoring the rest of the query. So I'll put something in or, and I'll get like that. Or the other thing I get is I'll get one good result and like rank brains amped up to a hundred because then everything else is some random result that has nothing to do with what I'm searching for. And so, so Google search since they started adding all this machine learning and it's not been good. And Matt Cutts used to say, I will never put machine learning into the ranking signals or this, you know, the things that are actively ranking pages because uh, if it breaks, we can't fix it. Well, I, I think it might be broken and maybe it's just my experience where I live, maybe because uh, you know, maybe they're running experiments or tests, but it's been really, really bad. I've had to, I've gone even to like just Facebook and asked a question because I can't find anything related to my, like, I'm not talking like the search results are a little off. I'm talking like completely irrelevant to what I'm searching for. So Google has had an issue, but it's not because SEO, if anything, SEO has made Google better because Google knows about the issues from people that are trying to, you know, spam the engine. And then they create algorithms that help clean that up. Um, and, I probably wouldn't put it that way myself. I'm an SEO and I'm not trying to spam the engine. No, in I'm fact, not. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I'm in talking fact, about I'm, 
doing my very best to listen closely to what Google says. Mm -hmm. I yes, don't believe I've... Google is entirely um, transparent in every instruction, advisement, or hint that they give us. But I do think that Google has a standard of, well, it has a different standards you can apply to a website or pages inside the website um, from technical standards to the veracity um, and uh, for one of a better word helpfulness of uh, of content um, and if you meet those standards again Google might not spell it out for you uh, quite clearly but they're giving very, very broad hints. And if you can read them and follow them as closely as you can, I keep humble bragging that through all these um, updates, the websites I'm responsible for are doing quite well. Although I got to say yeah. one of them, I think has reached its plateau in, uh, in the number of massive number of new impressions we'd gained the last month we're plateauing out, which is, you know, it had that's to normal. happen eventually. Uh, that's normal. It sucks, but it had to happen eventually. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I've been humble bragging so about how my site's doing just fine. And the reason they're doing just fine, I'm so convinced, is because I've spent the last year and a half preparing for what happened in the last five weeks. Yeah, I'll be honest. I, and I know people are probably thinking I'm lying, but I'm not. I've never had a site hit by an update that I worked on. Like I've recovered sites. And only because I spend, I I'm, like in the article, she's like, people love to think they got away with them. I don't. I actually get more thrill out of knowing how the algorithms work and figuring out which levers work inside of Google's systems and what's acceptable practices and watching it go up. Like years ago when we had page speed, not CWVs, lots of SEOs are like, that doesn't, it's, a, it's just a tiebreaker, tie so it doesn't matter. And I was like, no, my sites, it's mattering. Why is it mattering? I had a site that went up 250,000 visits in one day from an update for PageSpeed. And I found out later and got confirmed from John that it was because PageSpeed was applied at the query level. And this was a site that got 30 million visits a month. So at the query level, when we improved their PageSpeed, which is the only thing we improved, um, we improved the PageSpeed from like 10 second loads to two second loads. They got a lot bigger they got bigger jumps on the query level which means they had hundreds of thousands of queries so they're able to get massive traffic jumps right i get a thrill out of walking in one morning and seeing that little that little graph with that we look at for traffic in gsc and the hockey stick goes straight up like that's what makes me happy not getting away with something around google because i know that's temporary like i sometimes feel like i'm a boring seo because like you do i just follow the, the ranking systems google not actually lists them online that's a new thing and I try to know as much as I can about it by reading, by watching what John and Danny say, by reading in between the lines, knowing how they speak, knowing what they're really saying, what they're not really saying, and then making my sites adhere to that. And then my sites do really, really well, 99% of the time. There's one that seems stuck right now. I don't know why it's stuck. So we'll see if it's just because Google's putting out Project Gemini. But generally speaking, I do like you do. I try to make the site the best site. I try to make it adhere to the best practices that Google and users want. Because also you want to make sure you're optimizing for users. But um, but yeah, so I'm I'm not like going, hey, what can I get away with today? I don't want to have 50,000 sites that can go away in one day because I made a mistake. Right? That was a lot of money for those 50,000 sites that they purchased. So um, yeah, I'm exactly like you. And, and I think Google does reward that. Uh, unfortunately, I do think they're getting a little more black boxy lately. Like 
the whole thing with just write good content. That's all you need to do. It's just so not true. There's so many details in that just write good content. You know, I have a site right now that gets 50 visits a day because I did a whole site of good content, but didn't use one keyword anyone's searching for uh, related to what they do. They made up their oh, own term. But then that is not good content. Well, it's you good content. Um, it's good judgment ticket. It's good content. No, it's good judgment ticket. I just made up my It's own not term. a made up word. It's a made up word for what it is. I just, um, it's what it's 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 I just made up my own term. No one's searching <laughs> for Wudgeman Chicken, so they won't know what I just said about content because I called it Wudgeman Chicken. It's not right, good content. But, I, but I'm saying if you're branding something, I had a, I had a $2 billion um, e-commerce company do this. They branded something and they ranked number one for the product and they changed the name of the page and took the word off because they're branding it and uh, they dropped completely out. They're like, why did we drop out? Well, because the word no longer exists on the page. <laughs> So. Well, if you want, yeah, you, if you want to, um, how to say this, the Google and your placement in Google is like one is like the proverbial oil tanker. You can change everything on a website on a dime. It's really easy. All you have to do is rewrite it and upload it. Boom, it's changed. But then the sorting engines, you know, Google, DuckDuckGo, Bing, um, now now Yahoo is, is, is with an independent crawler and such. Um, uh, 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 they're going to take a while to suss out what you mean, and that word A now is been replaced by phrase D. You gotta ease. You gotta ease the inches into that sort of thing. You can't just yeah. change reality and expect everybody to believe that the new reality is the reality just because you say it is. <laughs> you exactly. know, exactly. reality exactly. don't work that way, really. Exactly. But getting back to like what she wrote, I mean, what she wrote was about affiliate marketing twenty years ago, before Google was even much of a thing or a thing at all, where people were exploiting an easy to game of algorithms to make money and why shouldn't they um you know i'm envious of what people did in the early days this, i wish i could have done that <laughs> this is what bugs me you're I, I agree with you she wrote about about an age that doesn't exist anymore and practices that this is 2023 her and her editor have access to, Dan to Danny Sullivan. They have access yeah. to, Matt Cutts. to Barry Schwartz, to Matt Cutts. They have access to Dwayne Foster. Forster. Um, these are all people who, well, have, they've all been around for a very long time. They're all pretty hip to new search. I mean, Matt, Matt may be out of the game and has been out of the game for, for a decade, but I'm pretty sure he's hip to what's going on at, at Google. Um, I'm sure he cares at any rate. But, um, this is 2023. It's so easy to access 2023. I mean, it's often very unpleasant to access 2023, certainly, but it's easy to access because, I don't know, we have search engines um, that are very accurate, even if they aren't necessarily giving you, you know, um, what you want. If you're trying to access contemporary information, it's there. Now, for what I'm, she did speak with Lily Ray. And Lily Ray had a lot of really good things to say, but they were in one teeny little paragraph. <laughs> you know, like, smushed, real small. And I don't think that a 
more reasonable and very contemporary view of what search engine optimization, especially from an agency client services side, um, which which Lee Ray represents. Like I don't, um, I mean, they even made up they even made up a weird thing about her changing um, her name to be more like her great uncle Man Ray's, which according to uh, to to to, to Lee, she she didn't actually do. That's just her name. <laughs> You know, yeah. Like, even when they had somebody giving them pretty good factual information about contemporary SEO, I think the uh, Verve article and the author just gave into the temptation to throw in something, um, a seed of doubt sort of thing, and there was no reason to do that. Except well, this yeah. is the way the article has to go. Well, yeah, because you can tell by the way she writes the article when she went to this party, she already had a preconceived notion. She, I, I read that in the beginning of what we talk, we're talking about today, right, than what we were. And then she looked to validate that. I mean, two of the people mentioned, no of us, I, I don't know, anybody has heard of them. Um, and there's a, a Manstead or Man, I don't I can't think of the name. So they're probably big in like affiliates or something. But this is a very tight-knit industry. And I'd like to say two things. One, my comment, if you read it on Medium, was totally about all the good things that have happened uh, as a result of it being a tight-knit industry. Also, I, I want to say this. I want to give credit because you're one of the first people I met in search, right? And in the early days in the industry, there were not many women. And she mentions this in there. Missy Ward talked about being one woman in a you know, sea of many. I had doors open for me without anybody telling me they did it or asking me mm -hmm. or or taking credit and it was all men's pretty much. So it wasn't, it was men that were doing this. Right. Yeah. And I remember one time tweeting, um, uh, at, uh, at, uh, the, uh, um, sorry, SES, old conference. It's not around anymore. Matt McGowan was tweeting that they had free tickets. And if you, you know, won the tweet, you get tickets to the conference. So I tweeted, Hey, I'd be really interested. He DMs me. I didn't know Matt. I had, I, I think I'm, I don't even think I was writing for search engine watch yet. Um, but he, I, I met him once or twice, but I didn't know him. And he writes back, you're the kind of person you want to have at the conference. You are covered. There was no way at that time I could have afforded to pay for that conference. And that was one of the ones where I, you and I hung out at the uh, dinner. Mm -hmm. And uh, you told me if, you know, that you're going to introduce me to all these people. And the one thing you'd ask for me is to bring good people into the industry. So it was it was an industry that was so accepting and so open and don't get me wrong. Of course, there's always issues with, you know, sexism and stuff like that because every industry has that, but mostly it was very open to making sure that doors were open for me and that I get to meet the people that I needed to meet. And I really think that is an amazing thing about the early days of this industry. For, for, for what it's worth. And I just want to, I, I want to do some, some name dropping here because there's some really important people in the early days of the industry. I'm talking like Barbara Cole, Jill Whalen, sure. um, Christine Churchill, um, uh, uh, Deborah Mastaller, um, uh, 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 Jessica Bowman. Um, I didn't know a, any of them, though. Yep. Uh, Cindy Crum came in probably about a year and a half, two years before you did, and started, started popularizing mobile. Um, almost immediately, she she saw that niche and was like, "Yes, that's mine. I'm getting that." Um, <laughs> and there were many of the uh, 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 early days of, of of SEO. And if she wanted, if she wants to write an article on the early days of SEO. 
there actually were a lot of women involved, but as almost always, men took the conversation. Um, no, I would say back are. in the in the early days, there were not there were not many women. <laughs> there were like um, I could probably name twenty I knew about. Relative like, to other parts yeah. of the tech industry, SEO was very very open. The tech oh, industry open. has Don't traditionally be been traditionally been talking, the sausage factory. We're talking two thousand six, two thousand seven. So there weren't women hadn't found it yet. I'm not saying I'm just saying you're open, totally open. I'm just saying that and, at the time she not, paints a picture in the article like. It was just male dominated and, 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 and again, that's we weren't that, welcome and women that's were wrong, very welcome. We had we yeah. had people like Christine, we had people like Jill, we had people like Jessica. And they were not just open, not just shattering glass ceilings. That ceiling didn't really exist in search. It's just there weren't a lot of women at the high end of the tech of the tech industry. And that's because tech is very exclusionary but i i wouldn't say seo was i never never i've been around since the beginning and i never got that sense no no they weren't that's what i'm trying to say there weren't a that. lot of women to me i did not meet a lot of women but i do know that men opened the doors like not you know matt had me come to the conference and pay my ticket i barely knew who he was i know that i got asked to watch for a search uh, to write for search engine watch probably because of matthew and jonathan allen um, you know, so people like that. So I'm not saying the women weren't there. There just there weren't a lot of them and I didn't meet them and they weren't at the conferences I went to. So I only met a very, very few women. You know, but I'm just trying to say that the window she was very open and the picture she painted of it being just like some masculine dominated, you know, sausage fest that didn't care about anything but, you know, rah, rah, brohood. It's just not how it was. It was very open. I was very welcomed into every circle. Well, I mean, don't forget, we also love our alligators and Lambos. Like we do. We my do. my Hyundai Sonata Lambo outside with the broken headlights. Now, speaking of uh, of of animals and tech, and this article has got has gotten a lot of us talking. It's gonna it's gonna in in many ways. I think this article in might help the inside of the SEO industry because it's gonna it's gonna get us to all talk with each other and circle our wagons and all that stuff. But some good stuff has to come out of everything, including dreadfully bad articles. And one of the good things is uh, Bill Hartzer um, yes. has created the I Ruined the Internet t-shirt. <laughs> um, I'm an SEO. <laughs> an SEO, I Ruined the Internet t-shirt. And a dollar from, uh, he's selling them for 25 bucks, cost of manufacturing, basically. No one's making any money on this. Yeah, and he's not even making any money off it. The, the, the guy who set it up for him that he knows on the website and uploaded the art. And so there's no money being made. 25 bucks a shirt. I mean, these days you're not making yeah. any money. But a dollar from every shirt that gets sold is going to, um, Anton Schutke has a, a, a fund that he's been um, really raising money through Buy Me a Coffee helping animals who got left behind when people sure. had to flee uh, Russian occupation in Ukraine. Yeah, for those that don't know, um, Anton lived in Kiev, and um, he, uh, he had to flee uh, with his wife and daughter because, and their cat, because they were getting a little scared of the bombing. Um, it was getting too close. And so a lot of the animals that were left behind also don't have um, not only did their people have to flee and couldn't take them, uh, but also they died. They were killed in the bombings. And so Anton started this fund to help the people because it's not just rescues. It's just like people like found like 30 cats still living in, around them in their apartments and took them in and started feeding them and getting them veterinary care. And so he's been sending money back to Ukraine. 100 percent of the proceeds 
go back to to Ukraine and uh, they go back to help the people that are taking care of these animals. And you can either do a one-time donation on the Buy Me a Coffee site, or that's, a, uh, I think it's on my LinkedIn, it's on my LinkedIn today. Um, and then you can also uh, do a monthly membership or you can buy a t-shirt and a dollar that will go uh, to Anton. There you go. So yeah. um, for what it's worth, hey, Verge, something else the SEO world's doing. Um, it'd be nice to see you guys uh, jump in on that too. I, um, can I say one last thing though about the Verge? I just want to say I'm really disappointed is that I I read the Verge all the time. We actually take articles from the Verge and yeah, I mean, I like the reporting the Verge. is yeah the the reporting is normally very good. Uh, that they publish this article means you and I both write. You know that had to go through the editors editorial mm-hmm. review. Um, I have had articles denied when I was publishing. Uh, because it just wasn't maybe appropriate or they thought maybe it was too much. Uh, how it got through their editorial, but then also <laughs> how a comment got, re- my comment, I don't care if it's my comment, but just that the comment got removed because I called them out for being clickbait and not good journalism. It's like, guys, if you don't write a good piece, I know when I've written, sometimes they weren't spot on and I took the criticism and made myself better the next time I wrote an article. Um, but when you write one that's so factually erroneous, so the logic doesn't even add up because you're talking about tactics and people from 20 years ago, how they ruined the search engine and nothing about how Google may be ruining its own search engine. <laughs> um, that it's, it was such a biased, negative yeah. attack oriented piece. How The Verge published that is just disappointing. I, again, mm-hmm. I got this feeling that some people had an agenda and wanted this to happen. Um, oh, sure. And I think I think listeners might want to do their own back research into articles that have been through the Verve about Google. I, you know, I bet you, I bet you, the Verve lost a whole bunch of money to Google one day. Um, to Google algorithm <laughs> well, update. I'll bet you. Somebody published their graph for traffic. And let's just say it's looking a little like downhill skiing. So, so that could be true. They might have. It looked like they might have been hit by an update in twenty. I think twenty twenty or twenty twenty two. Well, you know what? I got here's some hope for the Verge. Everything could turn around. Yes. Google made a mistake in the core update. They found a bug, and it turns out that Discover, the bug was in uh, 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 Discover. So, I guess they ran they ran the core update again, or part of the core update again, after fixing the bug. And Verge or other publications, if you notice a massive uptick in uh, Discover traffic, that may be the reason. Yeah, and for those who don't know, um, your discovered traffic is affected the same as your organic traffic from updates and devaluations. So if you go down in organic and you see it down in discover, that's because your site health score over to discover and also to your ad, your ads, you'll pay more for ads if you have problems. So We have got to move really quickly. We spent most of the show talking about that we article, did, but it was a but fun conversation. To. I really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun, but we got to get yeah. through a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um Time and time zone inclusion for um, the structured data that goes with uh, with Google Video. That's interesting. Yeah, it's a little odd to me because what this is actually important if you want to have your video crawled and indexed and ranked. Mm-hmm. So you have to put times in. I, I don't know what the times are for. Like when I publish a video, they're, does it matter what try, time I publish? way of trying to deal with fakes. This is, honestly, that's what they're trying to do here. Oh, they're, okay. I didn't think of that. that now, like will this thing. work or not? Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. I think this is the first step in trying to weed out fakes. That definitely could be. So if you want your videos crawled in index, you're going to have to make sure you put in this new. Uh, I don't. Well, is it new or is it just their 
paying attention to it. Now. Well, it's, 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 not an, it's not a new thing, but it's a new demand. Well, they have a new, like, have a new thing. You, I think they have a new attribute is what it is. So the time isn't new, but I think one of the attributes is new. And I cannot find my article to double check, unfortunately. Okay, well, so, it's um, out, that's out there. Yeah, it's up. Yeah. So it's really important. If you want your videos to rank, you may have to make sure you put in the structured data. Okay. After seven years and much and much hype, including the hype that they actually finished back May, back in May, as it turns mm -hmm. out, Google has just finished running the mobile first. So it's done. Yeah. And and so what took so long is, in my in my opinion, also from what they've said to us, is your mobile site had to be com comparable to your desktop because they won't index things that are only on um, on your only on your desktop, not on your mobile. So they wanted to make sure because I was with a site that didn't get moved over until 2020, or 2000, yeah, 2020, and that was because, and I asked John, he said because it's not comparable, it has to be comparable, and it has to be really close. There are still sites that don't have a mobile version, are not mobile um, friendly. Uh, they're going to try to index those with the desktop crawler, but if your site is not mobile friendly, and I have seen sites recently like this, and sites that don't have small traffic either, um, make sure you get it mobile ready. Like go yeah. ahead and. Why wouldn't yeah. you? And then uh, take a look at your, go, go to Google Analytics, GA4, um, and look at the, the, there's a demographics tab, and look at um, the technologies that are being used to look at your website. Now, in B2B, it's still, in some sectors, it's still very desktop heavy over mobile, but you will be surprised how many people are looking at your business website and, and you know, your B2B focused website. You're selling widgets to industrial widgets. Your buyers are increasingly accessing via their mobile phones. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't have it, what they're going to do is, if it doesn't load on mobile, uh, they can't do anything about making you mobile first, which is where most of your ranking signals come from. Uh, and they'll continue to try to crawl you with the legacy desktop Googlebot crawler, but it's only going to be a few times a year. And um, they want to reduce using that legacy crawler as much as possible. So get yourself on a mobile site. I got, sure I got a client that does industrial fabrication. They make really, really big units for prefab houses. Okay. I mean, it's boring. Uh, the total <laughs> niche industry. If uh, Unless you're interested in this, you're probably not interested in this. And it was entirely desktop when I started working with them. Um, something like four or five years ago when, when, when Brand Labs picked up this client, it was entirely, entirely um, desktop. And I'm telling you, over the last few years, the share of mobile traffic, it's not, it's not over 50%. It's still mostly desktop, but we're looking at like in the 30, 35% range. And I think it's because a generation of people who have who had primary access to smartphones are now getting out of college and getting into the workforce. That makes sense. And also, I mean, most people shop at work, so. Well, indeed, indeed. but again, I'm, I'm talking just like, this is, this, is, this is a website that should not get a lot of mobile traffic. This is That's hardcore true, yeah. industrial. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah, sitting you're right. at a desk when you're looking for these products, but apparently you're not. Maybe you're sitting in your pickup truck. Yeah, possibly. On the job site saying, everyone, my foreman yeah. said I needed to get this, 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 and this, so I got to get this. You're not at a desk. You're in your, you're in the cab of your truck, thumbing it away, running your business. Yeah, that's a good point. It definitely could be because you're remote on site all the time. You know, you're not sitting in front of your laptop. 
So. No, so I get a lot of resistance from some clients. We don't want to do this. And that's because they think because they themselves don't do it. But it doesn't mean your clients aren't doing it. No, and it's also, I mean, my, my dad does, uh, is in a business that there's only like six of them in the country. Mm-hmm. And he had a really old, awful website. And uh, I refabbed it for him and put it up. And it's not getting a ton of traffic because they don't usually find you that way. But you know what they do do that way? They check on you. They see what your online presence looks like. So um, he does get mobile visits, right? Because someone's just looking him up on the mobile phone, right? But a lot of times people assume that just because you're in B2B and you don't have a lot of competition and you don't get most of your business that way, that you don't need to do these things. But you really do because people use it as a sign of trust in your abilities. Yeah. Well, and you know who else uses it as a sign of trust? Google uses it as a sign of trust. This is true. This is true. Oh, yeah. Okay, so here's from the, I can't believe they have to write this, but they have to write. And this one goes to Danny Sullivan. So, you know, he must have been, you know, very condescending in his reply, which I don't think he was. Um, and pissed and angry. And pissed and angry. Yeah. He was, Danny Sullivan in a pissed and angry toad said, schema doesn't make you rank better. <laughs> um, okay, so... Just to reiterate, Skiba does not make you rank better, but it does make you rank prettier. Prettier? Well, I mean, like, seriously, you can have <laughs> a straight blue link and a nice meta description, or you can have a straight blue link, nice meta description, and a video result. A straight blue link, a nice meta description, yes, and product snippets. Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff Schema will give you that makes you look much cooler than the competition that only has the straight blue link and a nice meta description. This is true. And also, you're giving information to Google. I do this in my talks. Um, you're telling Google specifically what that's about, so I don't have to guess. Yeah. If it's like, this is an article. This is a recipe. Here's the time of the recipe. Here are the ingredients. It doesn't have to guess, and so it knows. And then it can do a much better um, – it has much better ability to return you in a query because I already know what that – Part of the page is about and it, and again if you use the right schemas um and there's a bunch of different schema that does different things you're more eye-catching and maybe you're giving the person information before your before your competition's giving information for instance price you can put pricing schema and that will appear in a in, in a search result reviews google loves um putting star reviews underneath a search result if you got five stars and your competition got four and a half stars, you got yourself a click. Yeah, that's very true. And, and what it adds is these are basically the schema that lets you be available for rich snippets. So that's where they add in things like the stars and the pictures and you and products and things like that. But again, this will not help you rank better. No. It might get you ranked more frequently and in different places. But search isn't about ranking. That's what people people think is well, it's got to be number one. It's it's about placement and prominence, mm-hmm. getting noticed. That's yeah, what, soon, that's what SEO is about. Yeah, soon uh, the SGE box came back today. Yeah, I know you don't get the SGE, so I'm just letting you know the SGE box came back in its full expanded form today. So uh, if you're number one in the blue links, you might be you know a thousand pixels down the page. So um, it's not the only thing. Visible visibility is the big thing. Visibility yeah. everywhere. Well, no, that was the proximity part. You know, just, or just be prom, prominent. Sorry, proximity of prominence. That was the prominence part. I like that. Proximity of prominence. <laughs> okay, what else do we got? I think we have time for like one more story, and then then we are going to get ourselves kicked out of the studio because there's another coming up right on behind us. What else? 
where do you want to go? We got one more. Uh, well, um, oh, where'd it go? I'm just looking. Uh, we do have to cover AI regulation. We do that next week. That's not going away. It's not going anywhere. Uh, I would say that uh, just so people know, because some people in our industry use it, um, Twitter circles are going away. And I believe uh, I saw this two places, but I couldn't confirm totally that they may make it public whatever you posted in there. So you may want to verify that. And if you posted things you don't want people to see, then you might want to go ahead and uh, and have them delete those. Um, but the Twitter circles are going away. Uh, They're taking those out. Oh, and uh, one last thing real quick. LinkedIn, probably my least favorite platform just because it's not really very authentic most of the time. But they have 1 billion served now, like McDonald's oh. used to say, 1 billion served. Well, congratulations, LinkedIn. Um, um, you know what? Hey, LinkedIn, if you really want to promote this, I got, I can, I, I can create a whole bunch of content for you. <laughs> they also are adding an AI job coaching tool that will help you locate jobs, uh, better your profile, resume, things like that, uh, for submitting for jobs, which could be helpful because a lot of times when you submit, very, very qualified people submit, they just don't reach the right keywords. That the, the optical scanner or the program that they're using to scan your resume are going to use, depending on how you're submitting your resume, usually online. Um, so you don't hit the, you don't get to move to the top of the pile because you didn't know you missed something. So the AI coach is going to help you discover when uh, you might be missing things. People who ruin job listings. <laughs> Love the word. SEOs, the people who ruin job listings. <laughs> I ruin the internet. <laughs> okay, well, in in the most ruinous way possible. And but but when we're done ruining the internet, um, we need an exit strategy, eh? Um, I think I'm going to go back to um, uh, uh, I don't know, um, direct mail marketing or something, and try to ruin the post office. <laughs> That's what we could do. We'll be our evil pirates with our content goblins by our side and our alligators with their taped snouts. That's, but <laughs> only the ones in Florida who have sailboats who can actually pull it <laughs> off. I'm talking to you, Todd Malakot. Only the ones <laughs> who can does. actually pull it off. He actually he has several boats. Does he have a little fleet? Does he not? Can we say the people that really made millions back then? Most of them are not in the industry anymore because they made millions back then. So. Yeah, what, what do you think they're doing? Talking with their keeper, for goodness sake. Okay, on behalf of Christine uh, Schackinger, who is busying herself ruining the internet, yes. um, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Christine Schackinger from Sector That Walls, who is busy ruining the internet. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, who is also busy ruining the internet. You've been listening to Webcology on WMR.FM. Special thanks to our sponsor, Audience Key, and special thanks to Darren, who incidentally contributed greatly to ruining the internet, and Brandy, <laughs> who herself has worked really hard on ruining the internet. Be well, oh. rank well, be kind to each other, ruin the internet. <laughs> and if there is an internet left, we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. <laughs>